0: Okay, thank you so much, Gerard, for the introduction. You know what? I think it's time to listen to what God wants to say today. And I really believe that he has a word for each and every one of us this morning. So why don't we just pray again just to commit this time to God. Father, I thank you for your word that wants to go forth and really change who we are. So let your word be powerfully manifested in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, okay. So good to see you here that you have tuned in. You know what? I'm going to go straight into the Word. And today we have a, quite a long scripture that I want to preach about. So I'm not going to read the entire thing. But I believe it is good enough that we just uh, summarize what is happening. happened. And the whole thing is, it's located in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 40. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 40. And this is where Paul and Silas went around preaching and uh, ministering and they had quite good success. And then there was a slave girl who came after them and she was possessed by an evil spirit and the evil spirit enabled her to tell the future. So the masters were very happy because they were making a lot of money. But after the the slave girl uh, pursued Paul and Silas, and went after them, always proclaiming, oh, these are the messengers from God. Paul got angry. He turned around and cast out that evil spirit. So now, once that happened, the masters of the girl got very upset because now they had no more way of making money off of her. So they got so angry. They got the people involved. They got the the whole mob riled up against Paul and Silas until they were beaten and thrown into prison. Now when they were in prison at midnight in the innermost part of the prison, it says in the Bible, that they were singing hymns unto God. And all the other prisoners inside the innermost part of the prison were listening to them. Then a great earthquake happened. The doors flung open and the jailer came in, saw that all the doors were open, thought that everybody must have escaped, wanted to kill himself. Paul and Silas cried out to him saying, No, don't harm yourself. We are all still here. That night they went to the to the jailer's house. The entire family got saved. Miraculous move of God. Amen. So this is the scripture that I want to talk about today. And we are still talking about behind closed doors. Now Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. And of course we can see that is not a nice place to be, isn't it? But now I'm glad that you are at home because that is a nice place, isn't it? Even though you're locked in, you're still at home with your loved ones, with your family. So come on, turn to your spouse and say, I am so glad that you are here. (laughs) You know what? Sometimes we don't say it enough, isn't it? But we are glad that we have each other, especially in a time as this. Okay, the first thing that we can learn from this story is, is that Paul and Silas did everything right, but they still ended up in prison. Acts 16, verse 16 and 18 says, Once when they were going to the place of prayer, where they met a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future, she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. He turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that very moment, the spirit left her. So now, see, what they did, they did everything right but they still ended up in prison. And that is sometimes where we think, like, how can that be? They did everything right, but somehow they ended up in a place they were not supposed to be, at least so we think. And the question comes, why would God let that happen? But the truth is, God could use that very situation, the very time of uncertainty where they're not sure what's going to happen next, God could use that for them to use it as a launchpad into the ministry. Now, Paul was very busy around that time around Israel and the neighboring country. But God used that as a launchpad for a greater influence, for a greater ministry. So I believe the time that we're in right now, God can use that as a launchpad for the church to finally reach the place that we are supposed to be in. See, the thing is, we got so used to the method of church, the method of we run church. We come together in the church building. We have a worship team. We have the pastor. We have all this team uh, planning all these things. And that is the method of church. And we got so used to that method that we think that is church. But that is not the church. The church is you and me. The church is all of us. And we make up the church. And so we got so used to the method so that now the method is taken away. A lot of us finding it very difficult to function as a church because we got so used the way how we did church rather than to remember who and what the church really is. And that is you and me. So they were taken into the prison. They were beaten up and thrown into the prison. But God could use exactly that as a launch pad for a greater ministry. See, the thing is, they had to transition from what was before to what God wanted them to have. If you go to Corinthians 3 verse 18, Corinthians 3 18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now, this is the New American Standard translation. See, it says from glory to glory. And we think like, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a jar of water where there is the glory is poured in and then there's more glory coming in. Because another translation says an ever-increasing glory. We are changed in an ever-increasing glory. So we think it's just being poured in. But the actual meaning what Paul had in, the, in mind in the scripture was you're leaving one glory You exit it and you enter into a new glory. The picture that is given is like you're going out, you're leaving a room, opening a door, you're going out, you close the door behind you and you enter into a new room. Paul was talking about the glory of the old covenant, the law of Moses, that we have to proceed, that we have to go through and get, enter into the new glory, into the new covenant. But that is also what God has in mind for us as a church that we have to leave what was behind that we have to transition into a new time come on even though uh, the mco is lifted and we can go back to work slowly at a time and all these things and we're feeling like okay things are going back to normal it will never be how it used to be i don't think that the world will be how it how it was just four five six months ago the world has changed and we have to as a church especially and we as people we have to progress and transition with it as well because even though we can do everything right our situation can change and that's exactly what happened in this in this bible story but it also happened in our life now we are locked down now we are at home now we have no much influence of what is going on but god wants to transition us now I'm not saying that this, how we are doing church right now, is how it's going to be now from now on. I really pray, I really hope, I really believe with God that we can meet together in church soon. But even then, the way that we did church before cannot stay the same because there is a a, a transition that God wants to lead us through. And we have to make sure that we don't miss out. Otherwise, we are missing the new, the greater glory, the increasing glory. So we have to transition with God, with him, with him walking step by step into that place that God has for us. How does it look exactly? I am not so sure. But you know what? I know that God is there and that he is leading us step by step into this. You know, years ago, I told you the story before. Before I went to Bible school, I went to Angola, Africa. And I was there with a humanitarian aid organization. And I was working with the street orphans from the Civil War. They lost their parents. They lost entire families. They were all by themselves living on the street. So I was doing the work. They were feeding. We had a feeding program. uh, Different kinds of things that we did with the children there. And before I went to Africa, I applied to go to the Bible school in America, but they never got back to me. They never uh, responded to me. So I just went to Africa for three months. And I was doing work that so touched my life. I could see lives change, the children really improving and getting back to, to, to school and being fed and receiving love from adults, what they didn't have in their life. And then I thought, you know what, I really felt that prompting in my spirit that as much as I like this place, as much as I like the ministry that I'm doing, God is leading me, transitioning me out of Africa into Bible school. Now, I had to pray really hard because I wanted to stay in Africa. But then I brought it before God. I really prayed about it. And I really felt God speaking to me, not a loud voice from heaven, just a small whisper in my heart. You have to go to Bible school. So I left that behind. I transitioned and I went to America to Bible school. Now, at that time, I had no idea that I would meet Joanna. I had no idea that God had a plan for me to come here to Malaysia and and work in the church with you guys. But see, I had to obey God's guidance that led me from a transition from one place. I had to leave that behind me and go into a different directions. But what God had in mind for me, and I believe we as a church are at a crossroad right now at a place where God is transitioning us into a different kind of method, into a different kind of way that we do church. And that is not something that we have to be afraid of, but it is something that we can be excited about because God is leading us. He is the one who is leading us into a new time, into a new method of doing church. Amen. Come on, church. Let's get excited about that. The second thing that we can learn from the story is that Paul and Silas sang praises unto God. See, even though they were in a bad, terrible place, back then the prison looked like this. There was the outer courts. There was the part where the criminals were who are not really dangerous. There was fresh air. There was fresh uh, water. The family could come and visit them and bring them food and all these things. Quite okay. It was okay. You You could manage there. Then there was the intermediate area of the prison. That is where it was a little bit more dingy, there was darker, it was not so clean anymore, no more sunlight ga- coming in there so much, and it was a much difficult place to be. And then there was the innermost part of the prison where the, 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 the worst of the worst criminals would be put. And the Bible that says when they put shackles on their feet, they were designed to cause pain. So not only enough that they were now in the innermost part where there was the sewer of the prison. It was not a nice place. There was no sunlight. There was no fresh air. The sewer ran right through it. Whatever people did outside, it all ran right there. There was no sunlight. It was a terrible, terrible place. In fact, very often the the prisoners were put there because they didn't really want them to come out anymore. And a lot of the prisoners who were put into the innermost part of the prison would die there because the the hygiene was so terrible that very often they would have infections and then very soon they would die because of the infections. So Paul and Silas was put right into that place, in a terrible, terrible place. But they were still able to sing praises unto God. So today we are talking about the power of praise. The power of praise, because praise is again what brings the power of God and manifests it in our life. You know, again, the, the, the picture that we have of the black powder, God's power is there, it's dormant. But once we put something in ignition, a source of ignition with it, and that is our praise, something can happen. The power of God can be manifested in our life so even though they were in a terrible terrible place they're founded in their heart to praise god believing him that he could do something powerful even in this situation and that is exactly what god did but they have stepped out and they praised god with their songs see now i wonder if romans 8:28 came out of this scripture if you look at the history uh, uh, Paul and Silas were there maybe about four or five years later Paul would write Romans and Romans 8 verse 28 come on most of us know that right Romans 8 28 says and we know that in all things God works for good for those who love him who have been called according to his purpose all things God can work all things for our good now I just wonder If Paul, when he wrote Romans, five years after he was in prison, if he thought back to that time and thought maybe, back then I didn't see what good could come out of it. Back then I I didn't understand. But now I know that God produced something good out of the situation. Because when uh, Paul and Silas were in the situation, they had no idea that the jailer would be saved. They had no idea that the other prisoners would listen to them and it would be a great testimony for God. They had no idea why they were in the situation. But later on, looking back onto the situation, they could really see God move. So I believe the time that we are in right now of uncertainty, the time where you're not quite so sure what is going to happen, that is a time later on we can look back and see that God was involved the entire time, that he never left us, that he never forsook us, that he was right there involved in the situation that we were going through. You know what? That is the thing that we have to come to a point where we say, God, I trust you. Even though I don't know what's going on, come on, put yourself in Paul and Silas's shoes. They were in prison in a terrible place But yet they're founded in their heart to praise God, to sing hymns that the other people around, the other inmates would listen to them. Why? Because they trusted God. Because they're founded in their heart that they could say, I have no idea what's happening. I don't know why this is happening, but I trust that God is in control. You know what? It reminds me of of an episode of Seinfeld. I used to watch Seinfeld. I kind of like that one. And in this one episode, Kramer, the neighbor of Jerry, rushes into uh, Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. He comes in and he says, Okay, who is ready to have some fun? Hey! Hey! hey. Who wants to have some fun? (laughs) I do, I do. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun, or do you really want to have fun? (laughs) I really want to have fun. I'm just saying I want to have some fun. (laughs) Jerry said he wants to really have fun. George said he only said it, but he didn't really want to have fun. The question is, do we trust God or do we only say that we trust God, but deep in our hearts, we don't really trust him? See, we as a church, you as a believer, I as a believer, I have to come to a place where I say, God, I trust you. I believe that you are still in control, even though my job might be hanging in the balance, even though maybe I have no uh, certainty of what the future holds, especially with my job. But I still put my trust in God. And that is something where we have to come to a place in our life that we say, God, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances that we're in right now, I put my hope and I put my trust in you because I know that you are still in control. The third thing that we can uh, understand from the story is, is that others were listening. The inmates around them were observing them. How would they respond? How? What would they do in a terrible place like this? Listen to this, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. See, they were curious, okay, what's going to happen? The new guys in prison, just being thrown to prison. How will they cope? What will they do? And I believe everyone, Everyone was so surprised that at midnight, Paul and Silas would start singing, not cursing, not trying to, to find fault with someone else while they're in the situation. They were singing hymns unto God. See, they focused their life unto God, even though they had no, uh, no influence on their situation. It's not that they could just walk out. It's not that they could just bring a, situ- a change into the situation. But what they could control, they did. And they controlled what they did. And that is going to God. Praising God. Focusing on Him. And I believe that is very often the key of finding faith. Because faith doesn't just rise up by accident. But very often we have to focus on God. We have to focus on what He can do. And only then faith will start to rise up inside of us. So we have a direct influence on how much faith we really have. And that is by putting our trust in God and adjusting our behavior, adjusting how we act and what we do. And that can make all the difference. That can make all the difference. See, I always I always wondered in the story why when the earthquake happened, All the doors flung open. Why the other prisoners did not escape? Because the Bible tells us that a jailer came, saw all the prison doors, all the cells were open. He thought everyone ran away, so he wanted to kill himself. And then they cried out, no, everyone is still here. How come all the prisoners were still there? I mean, think about it. They were hardened prisoners in a terrible place. Now they have an opportunity to run away, to break out. But all of them stayed back. Why? I believe it's because there was something so amazing. There was something so, so different about Paul and Silas that they did not run away, but they wanted to see what's going to happen next. First of all, the new guys came in. Instead of complaining and cursing and doing all these things, they're praising God. And now there is a chance to run away, but they are not. So I believe there was such an impact that they had on the other people around them that they just stayed back to watch what would happen next. And you know, we're talking about being an influencer rather than being influenced from the people around us. And I believe God, the world actually, is looking for people who are like that. Especially in a time as this where it is easy to get caught up in fear where it's easy to get caught up uh, in a very negative mindset because we don't know what's going to happen to our jobs. We don't know what's going to happen to our economy. I read an article where it says about 1.6 million people are estimated to lose their job because of this lockdown. Maybe even more. See, it's very easy to become negative because of all the things that are happening right now. But I believe the world is looking for people who are different. Like Paul and Silas in a terrible situation, they were positive. In a terrible place, they found time to praise God and find something good to talk about. And that is God. And that is the kind of people that we need to be, that we are different, that we can be a light for God, that God can use us to show others what Christianity is really all about. And that is knowing God, trusting him, knowing who he is and that he wants to be involved, involved in our life. See, they were observing. And just like they were observing Paul and Silas, I believe people around us, your neighbors, people who know you, the family members who are not safe yet they are watching you. The question is, how will we respond to a time of uncertainty that we are in right now? We Will live in faith? Will we be positive? Will we find refuge in knowing that God is still in control? Because he is. So I want to challenge you uh, this morning to really see God's face, that we come to a place where we can truly say, God, I know that you are in control. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what the future might hold. I don't even know if I will have a job in four or five months time from now but i still put my hope and our trust in you because i know that you can do miraculous things second peter 3 verse 9 says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance see the heart of god is very very clear he wants to fulfill his promises promises that he would take care of us that he will provide for us that we can be secure in him that we can find peace in him god wants to fulfill those promises but he also wants to use us to have an impact on the people around us so that they can find the same hope that we have just like the jailer did when he came he wanted to kill himself paul said no don't do it and then the the jailer and the entire family his entire family came to know God that very night. See, that is what God wants to do in our life, where people are observing us. He wants to fulfill His promise, but also that, pro- that that fulfillment has to have a purpose, and that purpose is so that we can be a light and a testimony for His goodness. So I proclaim over your life that God will provide you every need so that others looking at you will see the goodness of God. The last thing, very quickly, is the area of influence expanded or increased. The area of the influence increased. Like I said at the beginning, Paul was very much involved in Israel and the neighboring countries. He was very active there, going around, planting churches, taking care of the churches there. But after this imprisonment, he went on the second and third missionary journey. Now he covered almost entire Asia, all the way up to Europe. See, before that, he had a small area of influence. Well, not really that small, but compared to what was after that, it is comparatively small. See, God used this situation. How did he use it? Maybe God put an urgency in Paul and Silas's life. That before that, they were all more focused on right there, their footsteps. But after this, God opened up their mind and put a sense of urgency that we have to bring this gospel even to the ends of the world. And so now, he went all the way up to Europe. And the, the area that he was now involved is so much bigger. But the thing is, God used what he was doing before. Then he was imprisoned. But God used that not to end his ministry, but used it as a launch pad so that his area of ministry increased to more than double the size. Now there were so many more churches that he planted. There were so many more believers that he talked into. There were so many more people that he reached now after the imprisonment. See, sometimes we get so stuck in what is happening right now. Paul could have said, okay, I'm in prison now. This is probably it. But no, God used that to put an urgency in his heart that he said, you know what? I'm going to use this as a launchpad and I'm going to go and affect more people around me. I'm going to spread the good news to even more people around me because that is what God wants to do. He wants to use the time of uncertainty that we are in right now and he wants to use it as a launchpad for you and me that we can now increase our area of ministry but you say okay but pastor i am now confined to my home i'm confined to my house but we live in a time where it is easier than ever to reach out to people around us through social media through our phone through all these things that we have now at our disposal. So use it and use it wisely. Instead of just going on Facebook and looking at the newsfeed constantly, use that tool to reach out to other people. Because God has still the same purpose on our life. And that is to reach the people around us. But he wants to use this time right now, even though we are locked in at home, as a launchpad, For a greater future. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Come here. Uh, If you remember a few. Is it weeks now or months? Here, I'm totally lost now. But I was preaching. And I, I, I declared something over your life. And this week as I was preparing this message. This came back to my memory. And it came back into my spirit. And I want to proclaim that over your life today. Because I believe that is exactly the plan. And the purpose that God has for your life and for my life God has a plan and a purpose for your life he has chosen you for impact he has marked you for destiny and he's anointed you for breakthrough he has called you to so much more than what you can see right now I know that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us I know that God is not finished. You know what? I saw this picture online. Enemy is rejoicing. He said, you know what? Uh, We just stopped church. Oh, no. Not at all. Now you just made sure that there is a church in every house of every Christian around the world. See, perspective makes it very different. And I believe that is the kind of purpose that God has for our life. For you, for me. And especially in a time where we cannot come together yet. But let's reach out and say, God, use me. Make me a vessel that you can reach out to the people around us who are observing me, who are listening to me. And let, let what they hear from me, what they see in my life, be something good that makes them wonder how come they can be so positive in a time as this. How come they can put their hope and their trust in some God that they don't even see? Because we know, come on church, we know that God is in control. We know that He will provide our every need. We know that He still sits on the throne. And that is our hope this morning. That is what we hold on to. And that is exactly what we need to say, God, that is my conviction. That is my, what I really know. Use that so that others can see the goodness of God in my life. You know what? I really want to pray for you this morning, really believing that God will do something powerful in your life this morning. Come on, on. rise to your feet. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. I thank you for everything that you have planned for us, the purpose and the, the destiny that you have for each and every one of us. And right now, Father, I just ask that you will put something deep in our heart, a desire that we want to see more of you, that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are not finished, but that you're only starting to use me to use the church, to use each and every one of us in a powerful way. So I just ask that we will be able to reach out to others through social media, all the things that we have at our disposal, that what they will see in our life will be something so attractive that they will come to a place and say, you know, whatever you have, I need that too. The hope that you have, I want that hope too. The confidence that you have in God, I want that too. But Father God, we need to experience that in our life first so that we can really portray it to the world and the people around us. So found us deeply in your word. Let us find you in a way that we have never found you before. Let us be more secure in the knowledge that you are still on your throne and that you have powerful, powerful things planned for us. And I just ask, Father God, that you will use this situation as a launchpad for each and every one of us, that you will use this situation as a launchpad for growth for our church. That in the future when we can come back together, that we don't uh, see people have been falling away at the right and the left, but that we can see an increase because of what you have led us through and the things that we have learned in a time as this. So I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that I can trust you to lead each and every one of us into a greater revelation of who you really are. And Father God, I'm looking forward to the time where we can come back together as a church, celebrating you together in church. But until then, use our home, use my home as a sanctuary of your presence, that you can meet us in a very powerful way, wherever we are, right here at home. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so thank you, church for joining us at uh, Church at Home in Gracious Shalom this week please continue to stay connected with our church Uh, message your leaders you can stay uh, in touch online through our Facebook or Instagram uh, pages and we'll see you again next week you take care Bye bye bye